Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, April 15, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The melt-up continues. We are in the middle of a melt-up operation in the midst of, we've got a little blow-off going on. We talked about this for several days. What's the target? Let's get right out in the open again what the likely next target is. We don't know where the final target is because we have to wait for the market to put in a sign and or signal of a trend change, but where is the market likely going at present? It's pretty simple from here. The next big fat round number is ES4200, SPX4200, SPY 420, give or take, each of those indices will not get to those numbers at the same time. The futures prices are different from the cash index, and the cash index is slightly different from the SPY. The SPY pays a dividend. So all these have a different price that they'll get to these numbers at, but if that's where we're going, when we get close, these big fat round numbers become magnetic. 4,200 in the ES or the futures contract. The futures contract, as I'm looking at the screen at present, is 4,163. They were a little bit higher into the closing bell today or before the closing bell, but it's not that far away when you think about 30 to 40 points. Will they get to 4,200 before any kind of a meaningful pullback? Will they spike through 4,200 before any kind of meaningful pullback? We don't know the answer to that. They may hit it on the button and reverse from there. We don't know. Could it be 41.89 and three quarters? Could it be 42.07 and a quarter? Anything is possible. It's the neighborhood that we're looking at and that we're interested in for the purposes of this conversation. Remember, the market's up in no man's land. What do we see when the daily chart populates the screen? We see a market that's getting far away from home base. Can they get farther? Yeah. Will they get too much farther and for too long before having to come back toward home base? And the answer is, even though it doesn't feel like it, yeah, of course they're going to come back toward home base. Which brings me to another reminder, and this is just reminder stuff for the memory banks. And it's not only for the memory banks, but it's from the memory banks. I always like to reiterate that when you go back to points in time, doesn't matter whether the market was making a low or the market is rising into the moon, you're always gonna see the sentiment mirror what the market is doing. That makes complete and total sense. When you see the tape, when you see the price, when you see the sentiment in terms of the media and how bullish everything is or bearish if the market was going down, you can't help but think that way. It's human nature. It's built into our DNA. It's very hard to take an opposite view of what's happening at the current time. That's why it never feels like anything's ever going to change right up until the point when it does. It always changes and everybody always seems surprised. So net-net, as we wrap up the daily chart of the SPY, and when you go down to the other time frames, since they're pushing into new highs once again, they're in no man's land, so there's really nothing to see over there. But as we wrap up things, here's what we need to know. 
they're going to continue melting up until the point in which one of these markets, whether it's the S&P, whether it's the Dow, whether it's the Qs, one of these three markets is going to get to a destination. We don't know what that destination is in price. They know what that destination is in price. Once they get there, they're going to have a reaction in the other direction. From a short-term perspective, we'll begin to see something develop on a short-term chart. And this is really speaking to inside the numbers members primarily. That stuff in the short-term chart will morph onto an hourly chart. The hourly chart will morph onto a 120 or a 240 chart, the daily chart, and so on. In the meantime, at present, the current market in front of us is a melt-up. The duck is, at present, they continue higher until that point in which they show us a change. Let's take a look over inside the numbers. This won't take long. As we know, the market was in melt-up slash floater mode. We'll circle back to stocks on the move later. As we know, we take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'll tell you in advance, it was an uneventful. They just missed the number, bounced away, and then you kind of stop looking after a while type of day. Wake up green right back to the business of the current melt-up operation. Early thoughts. Yesterday was a down day, nothing more, nothing less. This is important stuff because this is how we set the table each and every day early in the morning. What's really going on from a big picture perspective, including some numbers, but including other stuff that we need to be thinking about as the day gets underway. It's the pregame warm-up. As long as price stays above 412 on hourly candle closes, she's in good shape for more of the same quiet floating type of tape. Under normal garden variety market conditions, they're going to run a test of yesterday's high. We've still got the ingredients on the table for the blow-off within the melt-up operation. Now, let's qualify blow-off. It's not like the market is rising 40, 50 handles in 5 or 10 minutes, but at the same time, they're doing the thing to the numbers that we discussed. We would have never given a number beyond the next big fat round number of ES4200 to begin with from 30, 40, 50 handles ago anyway. Sometimes what appears simple, almost too simple to be actually true, is in fact the way it works. Those numbers become magnetic. The closer the market gets, the closer price gets to 4200, it will get drawn in to 4200. Due to the float higher, stocks on the move list was a little thin. There was some stuff on the board, and we'll get back to that, but it was a little thin. There's just not a lot of stuff moving around in the pre-market when you're getting the floater pre-market going on in the major indices. And by the way, this is the thing we were talking about early yesterday. Remember the comment early about not gapping up yesterday and about how the breakout was less likely. That actually was posted inside the numbers early yesterday. Today, they're in better shape to break out with a gap up. What happened? They broke out with a gap up. These are little tidbits that you file away. You learn how to read the tape over time. There's a science and there's an art, and there's a balance between the two. Let's continue moving along, see what else we have in the notes, and then we're going to scroll up pretty quickly you can pause the video and obviously read the notes, double check the work. You'll see you're always going to learn stuff in here every single day. Some days more than others. Some folks will pick up more than others. The first thing out of the shoot that we have was the opening range low, 413.73. 
Yep, five minute chart, right of the vertical is today's activity. And you can see here, 413.73 held. They never got below it by more than a penny or two or a few cents. They never got below it for very long. The opening range low held, and that was it. And so that's the only number early in the morning that we had on the board other than the former highs from yesterday. Of note, IWM was not participating in the rally at the current time. They did finish positive on the day, and we'll get back to the IWM later. At the time early on, the transports were not participating. So it was interesting. Doesn't mean anything at the time. We use these as guidelines. We don't use them to actually make a trade in another market. But this is all part of the art and science of the whole thing. We had some stocks on the move come up short. We'll get back to those later. 10.07, if they conducted an early shakeout to make it look like a failure, where would they likely take the market? And I give the number of 4.13.20. They never went down there, so it doesn't really matter. We're moving along. They go sideways. They eat time off the clock, building energy to make another push higher. That's what they did today. We know all that. 10.30, we talked about a little bit of this already, but it's worth repeating. The major indices are on a mission. This is where the IWM transports and the financials were not participating. Someone's going to get to their destination first, meaning the Qs or the Dow or the S&P 500. And we're going to see some kind of an intraday rejection, which will begin the conversation of another turn. We're just priming the pump here. Whether it's a longer-term turn or a short-term turn, we'll discuss it later, and it'll be based on whether they breach certain areas down below. What do I think's gonna happen? This is an opinion, not a science, but I think they're gonna finish this thing off between today and tomorrow. That's what I said this morning. I think that's what's gonna happen. We'll see how it works out. We'll scroll up a little bit. Took an early break today from the screens. There was nothing going on anyway. The melt-up continued. You can read the notes, pause the video at your leisure. It was the same routine. This has been going on day in, day out. Here's the list of stocks on the move from this morning. Only two came into their price objectives or entry targets. The problem is they didn't do it the way we want them to. We'll look at the charts anyway. First one we'll look at is SPCE, Virgin Galactic. So it's getting a buzz cut at the open, and you can see what happened here. Look how close they came. 24.23 against 24.16, and they bounce away. It doesn't look like much on this five-minute chart, but the high was 24.62. So they officially do the deal plus, right? It was a pretty good little snapback from the low, but the low wasn't my number. So I'm not in the trade. Nobody should be in the trade. And then when they come into the number after the fact, nobody should be in the trade. Then they come down and they start eating time off the clock and creep into the second number. You don't want that either. You see a back test to the second number. Nothing doing here. It was a no trade. How about Baidu? It was like same but different. Right over here, you see they make a low of 213.58. This is a pretty volatile stock, and this one also has a spread. So it's too close. They bounce away, and then they hover on it for a while. They go to the second number, and you see what's going on here. They never came crisply into each or any of the numbers. We want them to come in crisply to the numbers. Each of the numbers turned out to be short-term support but we want them to come straight into the number in a rapid fashion, not to creep into the number or eat time off the clock above the number. Look what happened here. The low was 209.70 against 62, and they bounce away, and then they come back. 
We don't want that deal. That's a bad deal most of the time. What's going on over in Camp IWM? So you see the 224.37. We talked about that last night. Just as a refresher, that's the breakdown candle high, 224.37, that they need to close above in order to get going again and have further upside momentum. While they were up one-third of 1% today, I suppose it was a little more than that. This is an after-hours print up here at the top. Either way, they were up a little bit today, but they didn't get above that important price on a closing basis, so the rest doesn't really matter. Technically, there's no change from what was discussed yesterday in Camp IWM. I like to look at a chart like this after I look at a daily or an hourly chart to reinforce what's actually going on from a bigger picture perspective. Sometimes we get wrapped up into what happens hour to hour, day to day. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking this one's a little far from home base. This is a monthly chart. These things take a long time to materialize, but how much farther are they going to get from home base before they decide that it's too far. Maybe that happened last month. Maybe it will happen this month. We don't know, but that's what I'm looking at from a long-term perspective. What about the folks down at the transportation department? And they basically just ran sideways, again, above all the moving averages. You know the story. The trend is your friend until she dumps you. There is absolutely nothing wrong with this tape. Therefore, we're going to move it along. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley? How about another new closing high? Right up into no man's land, they're headed to a destination. Where is it? Doesn't matter. We'll figure it out when they get there. This one's a little different when you look at the weekly chart than the rest. This one recocked the gun as opposed to some of the other charts are just vertical. So on one hand, they recocked the gun from a weekly perspective. On the other hand, and if you go back to the course, Lazy E-mini trader, you'll realize, hey, time is important, and they could be on time. Awareness, maybe a puzzle piece. We'll see what happens. The financial sector, the XLF, they actually finished in the positive today by a few pennies, no change, nothing new to discuss. They're hovering underneath the old high, but they're eating time off the clock, building energy for another push higher. So until and unless they're rejected, that's all that's going on. They're just eating time off the clock, trying to build energy to bust through on a closing basis and sustain higher prices above the old high, and that was $35.29. They closed above it by one penny once. They fell away, but they never really went anywhere. There has been no rejection in the XLF. You have to understand just because they're not at a new high doesn't mean they won't make a new high. It's interesting, when you go around the horn, right? You throw the ball around the horn and you look at a bunch of different charts. Some charts have a bullish setup. Some charts look fantastic. Other charts are way overcooked. And at the same time, inside, underneath the hood of these indexes, you have a lot of stocks that are nowhere near new highs. Their charts actually have the mirror image setup. So, there is a divergence du jour going on. It will all resolve itself in short order. When we look at Smash Mouth, which is a pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole, it looks very similar to the XLF we just discussed. So what they're doing is they ran up to make a new high, but they couldn't do it. They didn't have enough mustard in the jar. So they stop 
and they basically, instead of getting rejected, they just eat time off the clock, hovering around the old highs above all the moving averages in an uptrend. So what's that telling you? It's telling you they're building energy to make a new high. Can there be a rejection? Of course there can, but that's what they're doing. The 80-20 rule says, the duck says, that they're building energy to make a new high. If something different happens, then that's the ugly duck or the 20%. Kiss it. Keep it simple. Forget all those indicators from Joe's Indicator Shop. You know the ones I'm talking about. On balance volume, accumulation distribution line, average direction index, MACD, RSI, stochastics. Which one's the best? And which one can I use with another one? And how do I read them when there's four of them on the screen? They all work sometimes, which gives you the impression that they actually work more than they do. And you know what? The type of market that it was today in the melt-up operation, lack of volatility, takes opportunity off the table, all that stuff created a shorter video. So with that, I'll say, have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is a very true and very accurate statement. As such, we're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.